So we're trying something new today. Right now we're driving to work together. The rare opportunity for that. We're going to try to uh, attempt to record a podcast. So this is the first iteration of that. How you doing today? I'm good. When you brought up this idea, I was thinking about... I remember when I bought... Uh, oh my gosh. The, what is it? The GoPro? Yep. I bought used GoPros, Dominic and I. And I had, a, I had it hooked up right by my window. And the idea was that I would... I would video journal on the way to work and just, you know, I'd come up with gold content. And I did it for a while. I actually saved those files. But the tool, there weren't as many tools to, like, edit and put that stuff out there back then. So it was, like, just recording a lot of content that didn't have anything to do with it. But it always seemed like such a good idea, especially having a conversation with someone because you're looking forward. (laughs) You know, you have some of your best conversations in the car. Yeah, and so you're doing it for a while. You're, yeah, all you're doing is just sitting there. You just need to pay enough attention to hold on to the steering wheel, keep the under rope. And you're in the car. You get in the car all the time. So talk about from like an efficiency standpoint. Is sometimes that's the hardest thing about recording is just like, oh, when are we gonna get together? Are we gonna go there? Yeah, I think that's also the other part of podcasting that's really good is you make the commitment to sit sit down and do something and do just that, but. Yeah, I mean, the the space of sitting in a vehicle is very similar. So, anyways, this is the first attempt at that, using some new tools that I found. So, how have you been? What's what's new in your world? I'm good. Um, I say that all the time anyway, but it's been... It's just been an, it's been an interesting time. I always think it's an interesting time, but... To get out with everything that we have going on in the businesses and... You know what the what the what the future looks like. Uh, all it seems like all my relationships have kind of you know my relationship with work, my relationship with Erica, with friends, you know, with family, and this turning fifty seems to like really bring me into a place where I need to be intentional. I want to be intentional about what I do with my time going forward. Uh, interesting enough, I found myself feeling a little bit of uncertainty and not knowing that based on my experience as a child, I mean, I've explored this before through therapy and through reading and research, uh, that growing up as a, growing up as a kid, we know that the experience trauma and everyone has this, you know, a childhood story. There's so much that takes place when you're developing and as a kid, for me, when it comes to love and relationships, I experienced two different things at a really impressionable age. And one of them was, you know, the abandonment and not, you know, left by a, a basket in a river. You know, fortunately for me, uh, my parents were always around or within contact as a kid, but not necessarily emotionally available. So there was you know, mechanisms in me that formed and developed, uh, you know, to protect, to protect myself without even having any bit of conscious, you know, it wasn't a conscious thing that took place. And the, the other thing that I experienced was being that, being that older child was being the one that had to like be the fixer and kind of prop people up and make them okay. You know, it was like a reverse kind of role. And those things, I bring that up because in times of challenge 
in adult life, subconsciously, those same things that developed in me to protect me can come up and cause interference and disrupt any time I feel discomfort. And I have to be super, super mindful of it. And I think the better I get at recognizing that that's happening, uh, the more elusive and kind of like cynical it gets. I've been, doing, I've been doing a lot of research on like love addiction and things of that nature because I mean, I'm obviously a sober guy from alcohol and you know that it's easier to understand with chemical, but it's more difficult to understand for me anyway, addiction when it comes to like behavior and things of that nature. And it's, it's pretty interesting. But I had this aha moment lately that, you know, subconsciously, because of the level of uncertainty and not knowing exactly where the future is going to bring me personally, that I was looking in the wrong places for those answers and for that, for comfort, you know, putting example, putting my expectations of like peace on other people and becoming more critical, like of Erica, like, what are you giving me? What are these things giving me? And that's just a byproduct of trying to, you know, subconsciously try it you know, in my mind, trying to protect me. It's pretty deep shit. Yeah, there's, there's a lot there for a lot, a lot to unpack. So, seems like you're getting through that, or where where you at with all of that? I mean, it's like life's a process, so it's just I feel I feel super uh, I feel blessed the fact that because I have eyes open and I'm and I'm trying to be aware, and I don't know, awake to those things that the reality of how that impacts my life. I have these aha moments and, you know, it's nothing's perfect and no human's perfect and I'm far from that. So, I mean, I think I'm right where I was supposed to be, <laughs> which is a reality. It makes me curious through when I, when I talk about those things, I think about you and I think about Megan um, because, uh, you know, I wonder from a curiosity standpoint, do you ever do you ever attach any bit of childhood trauma to your story, like the development of yourself emotionally? You you seem pretty. Do you have down moments where you really get down on yourself? Or no, I I honestly would say I I can only think back or or recall things that affect me within like the past I'd say seven years or so. Yeah, that's what feels. It's like the most relevant to now. Yeah. It feels like my childhood was a lifetime ago now, oddly enough. Yeah. And it wasn't that way, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten years ago, obviously, because I feel like I was still a kid. But, there, yeah, I, I don't really see many things from my childhood creeping through. Well, it's, it's interesting because no matter what, I don't know this. I can't. I've I've read it. I don't retain it. Um, at least from a at least from a perspective to share any bit of like psychological scientific definitions of it. But you know, there's certain um, your emotions develop in your adolescence, and some ages are more impactful than others based on your you know your maternal 
and paternal uh, relationships and how you're treated. So no matter what, we're all impacted. I always hope, like, in my mind, that you had that great emotional support in love. In general, you know, not to say there wasn't disruptions in that, which really gives, like, a solid foundational outline. Yeah, and I believe I did. Yeah. I definitely believe I did. And, yeah, there there's probably a certain amount of effects that takes place from my childhood, but I just, I guess I don't recognize it that way. Yeah, I mean, there's yeah. nothing that stands out to me. And when I bring this stuff up, like, I'm the last person to, like, use things as an excuse, so it's not like, oh, you know, woe is me, or a victim type of mentality. It's just, it's a blueprint of development. Like, mm-hmm. it, that there's a reality that there's a stamp there based on those experiences, and it's ignorant to think that those things don't have those things don't carve you emotionally. And it's, I guess, in circumstances where it doesn't feel like, hey, I had just a really... In situations where it wasn't like you had a, just a normal upbringing, there's, to me, there's value in exploring what that experience might have done from a development standpoint. You know? It's like going to a gym. You just do... You just do arms. You got... You know, your arms will look really good, but, you know, the rest of the body may not be as developed, you know. So it's like... Yeah, like what I've been doing for the past 10 years. Except <laughs> that even that doesn't work. <laughs> I think from a physical standpoint, you hit different stages. Yeah, right now I'm getting to my fat stage again. I'll be 200 pounds in a month and a half. Get out of here. I, I'm already 184. You are? Just like that, yeah. Well, yeah. It kind of, well, just to, I, I honestly, I should probably touch upon the fact that I was taken at all for a period and uh, the effect that that had on my life. And I've heard both sides of that for a long time. But when I, I started taking it because I had nothing left in the tank at the end of the day after work and it's, I had school work to do. And yeah. that was taking up my Monday through Sunday. So I needed to figure out how to be productive without having any energy to actually pursue those things and sit in front of a computer and read, you know, textbooks and, and content about work. And listen to that term. We're calling it content. It's it's education material. <laughs> but are you completely detoxed from it right now? Yeah, 100%. And I've, I've been off of it for like two months now. But I, my doctor suggested I take it after I'd said, I have nothing left in me. Like, I... I cannot sit in front of a screen any more than I already do. Like, it it takes... I suck at doing that, and I've been diagnosed with ADD. And I very vividly remember being ADHD in 2006 when uh, my teacher filled out... Mrs. Rogers filled out a, a form, like, acknowledging, yes, these characteristics equate to such, but anyways... I took it one time in high school and hated it because I was up for two days and didn't want nothing to do with it. Then I had taken it for the first time about, you know, a year and a half ago, and I had been on it since then. It, it was really great in the beginning because you take it one time and you're just on it immediately. Like, you have laser focus, you feel really good, you have a ton of energy, but the negative side of 
it is. What, what the way I explain it is, it's burning the candle at both ends because you're prescribed it every day, which I wouldn't take it every day. I'd try to take at least two days off a week because it had the law of diminishing returns, where you couldn't, you wouldn't get the same experience taking it day two as you would day one, and by day three, it had kind of tapered off even more. So I was prescribed 20 milligrams. I'd take 10. And then by Wednesday, I decide if I wanted to take 20 or or 10 that day. And then Thursday, I would definitely take 20 and Friday, I'd take 20. I'd try to take the weekend off hoping that my, I had it. What's it called? Uh, The work tolerance has finally come back for it. But anyways, it's just burning through all your, I want to say it's dopamine, uh, the dopamine or serotonin, but definitely dopamine. Uh, but after having been on it for a long time, I recognized I wasn't eating, which is the basis of our existence, right? We got to consume calories to make our body feel good. Uh, give us, give us energy. So after having been on it that long, I was eating a quarter to half of what I normally would and what I knew was necessary. I'd be binge eating at night and eating whatever I wanted just to get something in me because I had zero appetite. And towards the end, I recognized that, wow, this is probably not very good for me because I'm taking a pill to try to get to, you know, a normal state. Yeah. You know, what's interesting about you is you're a, you're a great example of following and staying disciplined with something like that and listening to the doctor's instructions, you know, good doctor's instructions and suggestion and following the program. Because like for me, I would just, I would fear an introduction like that. I would be like 20 on Monday and I'd be like 40 on by Friday. Like just know, knowing me because it just progressively in me, it feels better, right? Like do more of it. I have to like my whole, my whole life is like that when it comes to, when it comes to like, you know, quote unquote, guilty pleasures. Yeah. Really having to like relook at things and make sure that it's balanced and disciplined. So, I mean, credit to you for being able to approach it that way and provide, you know, good advice and perspective on the impact of that. It's just really interesting looking back at it because my doctor, even after going back the second time to see her and say like, hey, I don't know if this is the best thing for me. She said, well, it is helping you, right? I'm saying, yeah, but the other side of it is like, I need to eat food. I know that that's fucking important, right? Well, here, drink this in the morning. It's a high calorie drink. So I did that for, you know, three or four months and it, it worked. It helped. But I knew that I was dealing with the same problems. And with, with those peaks, when you take that, now you'd have that drop off where you just fall on your face immediately off a bit so it was actually like you could only survive with it and it would have zero energy after so now that i've been off of it for a while my energy is evenly even keeled like just throughout the day like i know what to expect of myself and i'm just listening to my body better and eating more food and now it's actually better helping me with my fitness goals the one good thing was i i shed all fat because i wasn't eating and it accelerates your heart rate a little bit. But anyways, I just I wanted to share about that a little bit because it had really positive effects at the beginning and then it just 
fell off quick. So I, I have a really tough time believing that this is going to be something that is continuously prescribed in the long term and it's not looked back on in the future saying like, oh, wow, remember when we would prescribe everyone death and they would take that every day because that's truly like it, it's an amphetamine and it's very similar to meth. Yeah, there's no question that when you're crazy. I mean, it's like testosterone when you reduce your body's need to produce the chemical naturally it's like without it yeah it just shuts down it just shuts down your south of receptors but production and then for yeah it shuts down the production but slows it down dramatically and yeah what you're left what you're left with is a is a much more uh deficient natural production of those chemicals that are needed and it's yeah. Or the enhancement's great because it's like a shot. Here you go. Now I feel normal again. But well, let me let me give you an example. Like what what makes you feel really good? Like what gets you excited? Like when you finish it, you're like that was awesome. Like I mean, it's always just very rewarding. I mean, I love I love at the end of giving a big presentation, like how it feels, the anxiety and anticipation. Go. I like I enjoy doing it, and but don't really enjoy the enjoy the preparation of it but then when it comes down the reality of 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 you know performing in that in that in that presentation it's like that's not the that's not the fun part um it is a little bit that don't get me wrong but like it's the it's the two minutes before you actually do it and when i get done it's always like yeah that was awesome like it's, it's very euphoric. There's a lot of different things. So that's going to be aware of that. That's going to be dope with me. And imagine feeling like that for four to six hours every day when you take a pill. Yeah. And then what you'd feel like when you're not taking that. Yeah, your new your new baseline of new baseline of normal. Yeah, accelerated. In my opinion, they should give you a bottle of seven that says here you can take these for an entire month. Choose wisely. Like. But they they say it's not an as-needed drug, it's prescribed, which that's, I think, one of the issues with how they do things. Well, even you and doctor, like, if you weren't responsible with it, like, that's why I say, like, you're great, your disciplines and who you are as a person, the balance that you have to to discern what's right and, and what's wrong, what's too much, is pretty unique, because I don't have, I... I don't trust myself with my own ability to discern. I'd be like, yeah, this is working great. Yeah, it, well, it led me to a new doctor. That, yeah. That's that's what it actually did. I found a new doctor because I said, this person doesn't understand me well enough. Is there anything you want to finish with? Obviously, we just got to work, so. Um, I'd just say that when things become challenging and you're presented with adversity, it really truly i've been i've witnessed this and experienced this so many times in life that it just means like there's another door open and there's a lesson in it and we're always protected is one thing that has made me is that going through adversity has always made me do is look back to the correct center in my in my experience i call that i call that god i don't know what it looks like as an image or a person or a thing or it's religious connection but it's something that's much more powerful and greater than me that is all good and when i start to look at that then i feel comfort within whatever experience that i'm experiencing so hang on tight when things are challenging i'd say 
Yeah, and keep your eyes open. Listen to your your body. Yeah, listen. Maybe not your mind so much. You listen to your spirit. Yeah, and that's the difference. Sometimes the mind, my mind, will take over, and I just need to get my mind out of the way to listen to the spirit, my spirit, who I am, my soul. Yeah. Awesome. Well, everyone, have a great day. Thank you for listening. Peace, love.